Welcome everyone. We're excited to share some country wisdom with you. King Solomon had a thing or two to say about the path to wisdom. In Proverbs 4, he wrote, Let your eyes look directly forward and your gaze be straight before you. Keep straight the path of your feet and all your ways will be sure. Join us now for Country Wisdom. Janice, did you know you can choose your thoughts and think things on purpose? I know the theory, Jim. <laughs> I fail far too often. There, is, there are too many moments in the day when I'm not in complete control of my thoughts. But, you know, it's really true. We don't have to be held captive to just whatever falls into our head and be drug along that direction with it. And that's what happens with me, especially if I get a little worrying thought instead of conquering it, replacing it with positive thoughts, turning to a text or to a prayer. Too often I start building on that thought. It's like, oh, that's right. And then other thoughts come in and pretty soon this one nagging little doubt or one worry has just blossomed into something that has completely taken over. And there goes, you know, the whole next hour. And too often that's happening about two in the morning. I think about uh, you talking about that. I think about rolling a little snowball, just you know, kind of over the edge of the hill, and then it grows and right. it grows, picks up more speed and more, and picks up whatever crud, maybe a body or another. You know, <laughs> pretty soon you've got this monster thing rolling down the hill because you didn't get control of it earlier. Didn't earlier ask on. for con help controlling it earlier. Yeah, yeah. I've got a good text I wanted to read you in Proverbs twenty-three seven it says, "As he or a man or woman thinks in his heart, so is he. Where the mind goes, then." Basically, it's saying the body follows. The mind is the one that steers the ship. Uh, where my thoughts go, there my entire nervous system goes. My blood pressure goes that direction. The whole limbic system gets involved then, all because of a thought that came through. I used to teach uh, uh, stop smoking plans. And it was kind of interesting because people, you know, they, they reach in, they get that cigarette, they light it up, they puff along, they never even think about it anymore. It's become this habit and it basically begins steering their life. That little tiny thing becomes the whole rudder of their entire life. They're no longer captain of the ship. And that's really, I think, what, you know, Proverbs is saying, we need to become the captain of the ship again. I was reading an article one time about uh, you know, losing weight, maintaining that control. And it mentioned that little habits like just sitting down to watch television too often triggers, I need a snack. Because you've mm. sat down with a snack to watch TV so often that now just the act of sitting, it's like Pavlov's dogs, they hear the bell and start salivating. Yeah, yeah. We Basically, you know, we need to get out of the conditioning that you're talking about. We can change those condition responses. We used to tell people, hey, what, after dinner, don't sit back and relax in your same old easy chair that's full of smoke and everything and you doing the same thing you used to do, just automatically that neuromuscular habit, reach in, light up, don't even have to think about it. You begin needing to form new patterns in the brain. I reached for the Bible because I thought of a text you used to be far from God. Your thoughts made you his enemies and you did evil things. But his son became a human and died. So God made peace with you. 
And now he lets you stand in his presence as people who are holy and faultless and innocent. That's Colossians 1 verses 21 and 22, but it's really verse 21 that, uh, that I want you to think about. We used to be far from God. Why? Because our thoughts made us his enemies and we did evil things. Too often people get that backwards. They're starting with the, the evil things. People think sin is out here. It's in what I'm doing. Well, this didn't start out here in my fingers. It started here. Right here, yeah, right in between. <laughs> right, and if we don't get new thoughts somehow, if we don't get that mind transplant, we're gonna just keep doing the things that are out here, the sin that's out here at our fingertips. It's true, you know, I think about uh, Philippians chapter two, that's perfect for what, exactly what you're talking about. As a matter of fact, there's a cool staircase in the home here. I'd like to take you over there and, and actually illustrate the scripture. Sure. I felt like Satan was constantly nipping at my heels and I just couldn't catch my breath. I was grieving. I felt scared, confused, anxious, and depressed. My life was literally turned upside down and falling apart. I didn't know what to do, but I knew who had the answers. Can you relate? This amazing study guide changed my life. Are you ready for a dramatic change in your life? This 12-week study guide will guide you on your journey of transformation. This study is packed with powerful content to lead you on an encounter with Jesus. Jesus will use this study as a tool to change your life as he did mine. Order your copy today to experience your transformation. Log on to TalkingDonkeyInternational.org. All right, Jim, you got me up the stairs, which is, you know, no easy feat. That's a big staircase. It is pretty good size. And I assume that you have a purpose for dragging me up here. It, it wasn't just to stare at me. <laughs> no, it's, oh, that's cute. <laughs> No, it's really, it, it's about a chiastic structure. Did I, did I kind of leave you on that one? Do I look blank enough? Yeah, you do. Basically, a chiastic structure in the Greek, it's something that forms an X, and this staircase is, is kind of that perfect situation. And what it's oh, all about. Oh, that's right. There are some books that do that. Uh, the Bible. Exactly. It's exactly. coming back to me now, some old college classes, about how it will take you like on one path and then come right back. Many writers, and not only biblical writers, many writers will do that type of mm -hmm. thing, you know. But uh, it's so perfect here because Philippians chapter 2 is an, just an astounding chapter about God. And it starts out in verse 5, let this mind be in you, which was in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, took upon him the form of a servant, and he was made in the likeness of men, but he humbled himself. He found himself fashioned as a man. He humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Now, let me take you down the stairs to kind of explain this. And it's so cool in my mind because here he is. He's God. Right. As Jesus, high on the stairs as you can get. High on the stairs as you can get. So he's God. Then he empties himself, takes a step down. You can take a step down. Too. Cool. Then he became a man takes another step down. Big step. Big step. Became a servant, takes another step. Becomes obedient to death, 
another step. And then the biggest step of all, the most humiliating, terrible step, he died on a cross. The, the worst death that you can have as far as what humanity figured at the time, that was the most horrendous of deaths. It was used for the lowest of the criminals and was also used because it was complete humiliation. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, so here is God who wants to save humanity. First of all, he said, let this mind be in you. What mind? The mind of Jesus. What kind of mind was that? One that comes down, 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 down. You know, I think as humans, we think of ourselves as being the top of the food chain. You know, uh, I adore my little dogs, but they're way beneath me, right? We think we are the top. Look around the earth. There is no creature better than we are. And we don't realize how far Jesus descended to get to where we are. Oh, yeah. We think this is yeah. so great, and it was like, no. Matter of fact, when you think of when he took on humanity, realize at that moment, he was no longer the same God that he'd always been for, for eternity, forever. Because he cumbered himself with human flesh. He is now our elder brother. He can no longer be in every place at once. The Father and the Holy Spirit can, but not Jesus. Jesus gave that part of himself up. Now, I, I doubt if you can imagine, I certainly can't imagine what it's like to give up that kind of power. No, I fantasize about having some powers. You know, in our family, sometimes my daughter and I'll joke about what superpower we would want. And, and I said at the end of one conversation, I said, you know, it's probably a good thing that I don't have any superpowers. I cannot guarantee that I would use my powers for good. And can you imagine having that superpower and giving up being able to use it? Giving it all up, yep, for no. eternity, forever. And, and he did that for us. That's that descent to that heavenly staircase that he came down, you know. And then I think about what kind of mind was that? That, that self-humbling mind. I want to go up. You know, I want to turn the staircase around. <laughs> We're always trying to make ourselves look better. Yeah, exactly. I, I want to send the staircase a lot of times, you know. And uh, matter of fact, I think about, uh, well, there's been many times, but I won't probably even go into all of them. But, but uh, you know, I've, I've been preaching someplace and think, man, I'm pretty good, you know. Good job, Jim. And I remember one preacher one time, He'd just come off the pulpit. He's out shaking hands with people. And the lady said, you did such a good job. You did, brother, you did a wonderful job. He said, why, thank you. He said, the devil told me the same thing when I stepped off the pulpit. Oh, that's good. <laughs> that's good. Well, you know the verse in the Bible that says pride goes before a fall. It's assuming that pride, you're up above. You can't yeah. fall yeah. if you're already as low as you can get. There's no pride involved with already being on the ground. Yeah. Now, now juxtapose this with the devil. The devil's in heaven. He says, I want to be like the Most High. He's already higher than any of the other created beings. Any created being, yeah. And that's not good enough. He says, yeah, I will ascend to the sides of the north. I will do all these things. I, 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 I. He had a real high problem. You know, he only saw himself. When he looked in the mirror, only saw himself. But there's something else that's even more exciting now about all of this. Because it's the second half. And the second half is pretty incredible because God the Father steps in. Verse 9 of chapter 2, Wherefore God has highly exalted him. And we begin taking the stairway up the other side. 
That's the chiastic structure you're talking that's about. That's the chiastic he, structure. He descends, but God exalts yeah. him. That's what God's looking for you know, in us too. And being exalted is all right if it's God who's exalting you because he wouldn't do that to someone where, <laughs> going back to the superpower, God's not going to give you a superpower that's going to destroy you. Yeah. yeah. And so exalting Christ obviously was not going to hurt him. He had already proven that he could handle that. Yeah, yeah. So let me take you on the journey up the other side and through the text here. It's pretty incredible. All right. <laughs> I really get excited because this is where the Father gets involved. He takes Jesus over here to the stairs. Listen to this in verse 9. Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him, who? Jesus, and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, things in heaven, things in the earth, things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. It's amazing. All this is to the glory of God the Father. Now, so let's just kind of reiterate, what do we do? We, we go from this, this position of the cross and he gives him a name which is above every name, takes him up a stair. Then he says, every knee will bow, takes him up again. Things in heaven takes him up again another stair. And under the earth, everything under the earth takes another step. And finally, he gets to the point, the next step, where all the universe confesses that truly Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And that's the chiastic structure. Exactly. You, know, you threw me when you first said it because, well, let's be honest, how often do you throw the word chiastic into your daily conversation? Never. <laughs> uh, but, you know, the, the brain cells have been waking up here. Um, isn't, isn't the root of that word the letter X? It is, the, yeah. from the key, from the Greek. From the Greek. And... I remember thinking the first time I ever heard it, I understand the whole concept of the, the mirror image, you know, the down and then back up, but it always seemed to me that that's a V, not an X. And I was objecting. My literal little brain was going, go. that's a V, that's not an X, but I understand. Uh, and that's a big symbol um, if you go to Rome. Yes, it is, you're right. You see that symbol uh, all over on, on early Christian uh, artwork and architecture. You think about this and, you know, it's God the Father who exalts. Jesus, God himself, all God, came down, 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 and then the Father lifts him up. The same thing that he wants to do in each one of us. Amazing stuff. We have to have the mind of Christ that's willing to first be lowered. Yeah, willing. There it is. Yeah. Our will. Our will is the only thing that can get involved to stop this whole amazing process. Because otherwise we'll just keep going down. Yeah, and when we think we're going up. I mean, <laughs> that's, that is the interesting thing. We can, we can strive for everything in this world, everything in this planet, and it gets us... And look pretty higher. high up there to the world. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but we're really down so low. We don't have the mind of Christ. And... All of that is just going to drag us down. When you think about it, how long is a new car going to last? Not, Not too long, long enough. <laughs> yeah. How long is a, a house going to last in this world? You, you can drive around and see all kinds of dilapidated homes. Mm -hmm. you know, how long is the gold and the silver going to last? Not too long. But I think about, there's, a, there's a, another amazing text still in Philippians. If I can find it here, let's see. Um, 
Verse 13, for it is God which works in you both to will and to do his good pleasure. It's God's pleasure to lift us up. It's God's will that each one of us will be lifted higher and higher. And it's only through him we can't do it ourselves. I think humanity has proven that we cannot improve ourselves. Yeah. It's only Christ in us that gives us a, a brand new mind, that mind transplant. And what does it take? It takes that surrender that Jesus surrendered to go down the stairs, step by step by step. And the payoff is marvelous because God is going to lift us higher and higher and higher. I felt like Satan was constantly nipping at my heels and I just couldn't catch my breath. I was grieving. I felt scared, confused, anxious, and depressed. My life was literally turned upside down and falling apart. I didn't know what to do, but I knew who had the answers. Can you relate? This amazing study guide changed my life. Are you ready for a dramatic change in your life? This 12-week study guide will guide you on your journey of transformation. This study is packed with powerful content to lead you on an encounter with Jesus. Jesus will use this study as a tool to change your life as he did mine. Order your copy today to experience your transformation. Log on to TalkingDonkeyInternational.org. When we were inside, we were talking about we need the mind of Christ, basically to replace our mind. We need a new mind. And my husband's a surgeon, and I was thinking of mind transplants. Uh, I have joked that, you know, oh, if I only had someone else's brain, you know, do they do brain transplants yet? Uh, but in a transplant, you know, you don't go in for a kidney transplant unless you recognize that your kidney is not functioning the way it's supposed to. You have to first recognize my kidney's bad before you ever follow up on getting a new kidney. And with us, it's the same way. If you don't recognize just how twisted, how evil our minds really are, you're never going to need or ask for that transplant. You're never going to go to where you, the power that you need to replace the mind thoughts yeah. that you have right now. It's very true, very true. And I think about, uh, um, you've got to compare to see if we are sick. And <laughs> here's where it tells us, you know, whether we're sick or not. And we talked about this mind of Christ. Well, what really was that mind? Let me read you one in Matthew 20, verses 26 to 28. It says, but whoever desires to be great among you, let him be your servant. Oh, that's <laughs> a little different than we see in the world, isn't it? And whoever desires to be chief among you, let him be your servant. So it hits it a double time. So within scripture, when it hits the same thing a couple of times, it's really pounding at home here. Because I think we all have a tendency to want to be the served, not the one doing oh, yeah. the serving. We don't even respect people who serve. You know, look at society. Who do we honor more? The blue collar workers who are really doing the work or the CEO in the air conditioned office, you know, making half a million every other day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which, which one are you going to dress up for, you know, if you have an appointment? Is it the, the Burger King worker or like you say, the CEO in the ivory tower? We, we tend to do that all the time. It continues on, it says, but um, the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve. Whoa, that, that totally different mindset. So and if I give... find myself thinking, 
oh, somebody else can do that. that. That's kind of beneath me. My pride won't let me do that job or take on that particular task. I, right there, I can go, I don't think I've got the mind of Christ right now. Yeah, yeah. Matter of fact, I, I think about it as you're talking about that. You'll see sometimes they'll write up about an actor or an actress and say, they just seem so human. They, they you know, were out here eating with someone or they came out of their trailer and ate with the crew. And I'm, and it's like- Why should that be so amazing? Yeah, why, but, it, but it is because- It's the crew who's making them look good. But because it, it's the kind of world we live in. You know, it's where we are. Now, here's the last part of that. And Jesus came to give his life a ransom for many. Now, the many in this case is anybody who wants to, I think you, you mentioned one time about anybody who wants to accept a ransom, right? Or, you, you have know. to recognize you're a prisoner, you yeah. know, and, and want to be ransomed. You have to accept being ransomed. Yeah, because we are captive down here. We really are. We, Whether we want to admit it or not. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's a situation that the devil so controls our minds to turn everything in a different direction that we never recognize it, you know. What really is that mind to Christ? Well, there's... On the stairs, you brought up the point of he was so willing to humble himself, to lower himself. So if I'm not willing to do that, I don't have the mind of Christ yet. Uh, and we talked here about uh, being willing to serve, which I think is quite related to being willing to humble yourself. Mm -hmm. But there's another verse that uh, I have to look it up because I'm not really good at quoting things on the fly. Um, Acts 20, uh, verse 35. I've shown you all things that working in this way, we ought to help the weak and to remember the words of the Lord Jesus. Now, if it's something that he said himself, uh, probably fairly important. So the words of the Lord Jesus that he himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. You know, we've all used that on our kids. And I'm sure when we were kids and we were making these huge long Christmas lists, you might've had, you know, grandma say, you know, it's more blessed to give than to receive. And nobody believed it when you're eight years old. But it really is, I've experienced that where when you have given something to someone else, especially if maybe it was a little bit of a sacrifice, but you're still happier afterwards than you were before. Oh, yeah. And it's not oh, just yeah. money. I think we think of that verse as applying to, to money, you know, to giving offerings at church or supporting charities. But it is so much easier to write a check than to give some of your time. I remember you were the one who talked me into going on my very first mission trip and I didn't want to go. You wanted Steve. I can remember you said, well, what can I do? Right. I understood why you wanted Steve because you were doing some medical work, but it's literally, okay, I'm, you couldn't drag me into a medical clinic. I'd be useless. And you were building, a, was it a church or a school? You're building a church and, and, and also doing my community outreach. Yeah. I, I am not known for my construction skills. Uh, and then I was thinking, well, I suppose I could work in the kitchen and help feed people. Well, you know, in those two weeks, I strapped on a tool belt and I learned how to lay rebar and build these cement block walls. And I was having a blast doing it. And at the end of those two weeks, we had this beautiful little church that was built. People were so grateful, but I distinctly remember feeling like I need to do that again. So you got the blessing. Because, yeah, you yeah. just kind of hope. I hope that that meant as much to them as yeah. this whole experience has meant to me. 
that's that's the real key is is in giving we really receive and that's really the mind of Christ I mean what did he spend all of his time doing in giving going out healing the sick cleansing the lepers raising the dead really and, and sharing the love of God because everybody that he came to had a misconception of who God was he came to share that with everybody I felt like Satan was constantly nipping at my heels and I just couldn't catch my breath. I was grieving. I felt scared, confused, anxious, and depressed. My life was literally turned upside down and falling apart. I didn't know what to do, but I knew who had the answers. Can you relate? This amazing study guide changed my life. Are you ready for a dramatic change in your life? This 12-week study guide will guide you on your journey of transformation. This study is packed with powerful content to lead you on an encounter with Jesus. Jesus will use this study as a tool to change your life as he did mine. Order your copy today to experience your transformation. Log on to TalkingDonkeyInternational.org. Jeremiah 17 verse 9 tells us that our hearts are hopelessly deceitful and sick. We're all in desperate need of a heart transplant. The good news is that a new heart is available, free of charge with no waiting list. You can have it here and now, simply for the asking. This little pamphlet, A Gift for You, is our free gift to you about God's free gift to all of us, the gift of a new heart. Go to TalkingDonkeyInternational.org and request offer number 125, a gift for you. The wind's coming up so much it feels like a storm's coming in. <laughs> but here, here's the culmination, I think, of everything we've talked about today. It's found in John 15, verses 13 to 16. It says, no one has greater love than this. Speaking of Jesus, that a man laid down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. No longer do I call you servants. For servants, they don't know what the master does, but I have called you friends. For all things that I've heard from the Father, I've made known to you. And this is really the key part. You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. And if you respond to his choosing, and you choose to be a friend of his, to accept that friendship, you're, you're on your way to getting that chiastic structure in your own life because we are all down here. And he promises, I will grab you and I will lift you up. I will literally lift your mind up. Yeah, you know, and folks, this is a real key. This is what God wants to do with each one of us. First of all, he wants to be our friend, right? Our, our best friend. He wants to take us and draw closer and closer and closer, just like the disciples. He walked with them for three and a half years, sharing everything with them. He wants to share with you. He wants to walk with you. He wants to change your life. He wants to give you that mind transplant, the mind of Jesus Christ. And who does it? It's the Father. The Father will take us step by step by step, closer and closer to Him. Please, today, choose Him choose this life. I mean, we can sit here, you and I can talk all the time and urge people, but it doesn't do any good if you don't respond personally, right? It comes down to saying, I need that mind transplant. My yeah. mind is not doing any good for me. Give me a new one. Yeah. Choose the new mind of Jesus Christ today.
Thank you for watching. Join us again for another exciting country wisdom. See you next time. <laughs>